so you're saying you're the top salesperson in yeah. the world? In the world, yeah. I think we should have led with that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Profile Central Wisconsin, a podcast about the origins of the organizations that make our community thrive. I'm Benjamin Nuss, your host and the campus dean of Mid-State Technical College's Stevens Point campus. And I'll be joined by co-host Michael Witte, executive director and CEO of the Portage County Business Council. For this episode, we'll be profiling the local and beloved coffee shop, Mission Coffee House. And our guests will be Russ Ellinger and Craig Schuler. Russ will share the origin story of the Mission Coffee House, and Craig will talk about the newest Mission Coffee House to open up right here on the Stevens Point campus. This episode was recorded in front of a live audience, and if you want to be there for the next episode, you can join us on March 7th at 5.30 p.m. in the Community Engagement Room. It was great to have an audience for this one, so I hope to see you in the crowd for our next one. Now, let's hear more of the story of Mission Coffee House with Russ and Craig. Our story really began Quite some time ago, I have always had a dream of owning and operating my own business. Um, prior to opening our doors on Post Road in Plover, I was a sales consultant for a large uniform company called Cintas. I did really well there. I was there for almost 11 years. Um, what, do you, what do you mean by sales consultant? Sure. I My job was to generate new business for the company. Mm -hmm. So I started there when my second son was born. I remember going to Michigan with my wife. We brought our oldest son and our newborn son, Ethan, up to Michigan to visit my family. And I was at a point with my current job. I was a Schwann's man. I worked like 70 hours a week on Days in the winter, I stuck my head in the freezer to get warm. So by, by, by Schwanzman, you drove the, the truck. That, I did. That brought uh, chicken strips. Yep, I did. And ice cream and <laughs> frozen vegetables. And that was my first full-time sales gig. I, I got 11% of the gross sales. So I wrote my own check every week. That's how Schwanzman works? That's how it did when I was a Schwanzman <laughs> back in the day. I don't know how they're compensated today. <laughs> So that was that was your first sales job, correct? And I just want to like get this experience. Just the Schwann's person goes to someone's house, knocks on the door, and says, "Look at all these delicious goods." You look at the catalog. I remember there being a catalog. Yep, there right? was a catalog. Yeah, and and then I select the things that I want. You go to the truck and I, and I get them right away, right there on the spot. That's faster than Amazon. It it really is. That's. I like that. Boy, I wish I could have said that back in the day, but Amazon didn't wasn't a thing yet. <laughs> and so you did that for 11 years? I was a Schwann's man for about three years. Oh, for about three years. Yep. And then we were just at this point with um, two young ones. I was just working a, way too many hours. And I started to begin to ask my customers, because I, I served about 100 families a day. And you're really get to know somebody when you're in their environment. Mm -hmm. Like I'm mm -hmm. not going to a business. I was going to people's homes. So, you know, sometimes mom would not be showered and have her bathrobe on and yelling at the kids and dad's sitting in his chair with a cigarette hanging from his mouth. Ah, get the door. You know, I've, I've seen, I saw it all. <laughs> um, so I really began to ask my cousin, hey, what do you do for a living? What what do you like? And I just started really understanding all 
what people do. And um, did you ask him a lot of personal questions while you're there? Yeah, you, you got get to after know years. You know, you build a trust relationship yeah. in sales. Yeah. Um, people don't buy from you unless they don't trust you. Sure. So, um, just built a lot of great friendships with a lot of people with that job. And um, one of my customers said, "You would be great at this selling." facility service. And I'm like, okay. And she took my number down and wrote it on a little yellow post-it note. We went to Michigan, came back. And back then when you had to hit the answering machine button when you got home from being (laughs) gone. And there was this message on the machine from a man by the name of Eric Kiley from the Cintas Corporation wanting to interview me. I called the number back and he's like, can you come right now? It was in Madison. We weren't even unpacked. We already drove three hours from Michigan back home, (laughs) got done listening to the message, hopped in the van and went down to Madison. And that began uh, an interview process. There were seven interviews for that job. I, um, Why do you think they had so many interviews? That seems like that a, is a lot for a it, sales job. It was. It was a brutal process. Um, I remember I was actually to the point where I'm like, you, you need to make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> they were... I, I, I'm kind of really dating how long ago this was. I had a pager. <laughs> so I was getting paged when I'm driving the truck. I'm out in the country, way out in the middle of the <laughs> sticks. I would have to drive all the way back into town to grab, use a phone. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. I'm busy. I, 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 I got to work. Well, they finally hired me. And I, uh, I did really well there. I had exceptional training. Um, Cintas is a really great company to work for. Um, what do you remember about that training that, that you're going to say it's exceptional now, this, this many years afterwards? They really, um, it was really in-depth training. I remember one of the things that I learned at a sales training meeting that one of my big takeaway or aha moments is learning that there's two different types of trust. There's mm. rational trust and there's emotional trust. And being able to determine when you're trying to sell to somebody, you're trying to gain their trust. And I was very good at identifying if they were um, an emotional buyer or the rational ones were more difficult and you knew you have going to have to take more time. So things like that where you're really learning about really human behavior and how different people think and process information and how that they're going to make a decision. The services that I sold were the thankless things businesses had to have that didn't make them money. We're talking floor mats, towels, mops, aprons, uniforms. I sold uniforms to anything from a cheese factory to custodians. I'm, I, Everybody that wears shirts and pants, really. I I feel like it's really easy to make a rational trust sort of pitch there. What did you do to make an emotional pitch about gaining emotional trust when selling floor mats and and uniforms? It was really identifying what type of buyer they were. Hmm. If they were an emotional, like sometimes people would be you know, finding out what their hot buttons was about the program. Was it pricing? Was it the quality of the mat? Was it, and just finding out what that hot button was and learning about, about people. Yeah. yeah. So you worked at Sintas for a number of years. Yep. Um, towards the latter part of my career there, um, I was 
couple years prior to ending my career there, I was, I wound up being the number one sales consultant in the entire company. Um, that was in 08, 09. What sort of reach when you say entire company? How, how, how far? Cintas is the largest uniform provider in the world. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I, the, uh, the, so you're saying you were the top salesperson in yeah. the world? In the world, yeah. I think we should have led with that. <laughs> <laughs> So that was, uh, I sold a company called Marathon Cheese. Um, they're the largest cheese packaging corporation in the world. And that's in little tiny Marathon City, just nine miles west of Wausau. And they have three other plants throughout the United States that I was fortunate enough to earn the business of too. That was a lot of white shirts and pants. <laughs> and uh, just to do the sizing for that company took months. It was a big, long process. But, um, and then after that, having an account like that with a name when you're going into other large companies, you sold Marathon Cheese. Like that was a name in <laughs> yeah. the central Wisconsin that everybody understood. So all the other cheese plants followed. Um, and then companies like Green. Green Heck Fan, mm. Crystal Finishing Systems, um, Jarp Industries, County Materials, just uh, tons of industries that yeah. all work hard. Uh, where they, They're hard on their clothes, and we had a service that could accommodate that, and I went out and sold it. But I knew I didn't want to do that forever. Um, the last Target account that I sold was the Marshfield Clinic system-wide with healthcare products. Um, like I sold microfiber towels, microfiber mops, and I sold the entire 90 location system-wide, the microfiber program. And Cintas was making a huge push to get into healthcare at the time. And they offered me a new position um, to be the major account manager for healthcare throughout the state of Wisconsin. And it had Russ Ellinger written all over it. I wanted that job. They were going to double my salary. I had already had a six-plus figure income. I was going to be able to, any account through in the entire state was going to have to go through me. All the I got to mentor all the younger reps and really manage all of the healthcare sales. And there was a catch. They wanted me to move to Chicago. And as I made mention, I'm. we had another son through that time and then another one. So we... Raising a family, we, we love our home, we love our community, and we moving to a big city like that was just, it was very easy for me to, I had that glimmer that, wow, that's really cool, but nope. Hmm. And they did not hire anyone for the position, and they re-offered it to me six months later. Russ, we really want you to take this, um, and you don't have to move. Well, let's talk. <laughs> All right, this is great, right? Um, but then about rather than having that aha moment in two seconds, it took about 20 minutes to realize that I'd have been overnighting three or four nights a week away mm. from my family. And my future there could have been big and bright, but I also always had this dream in the back of my head that I wanted to own and operate my own business. And things really started to line up for that to happen versus pursuing a career in an industry that was very good to me, but management and that bigger picture just wasn't 
attractive to me anymore. I really wanted it. So at the age of 43, I let go of the reins of security and bought a small, humble commercial property on Post Road and opened our doors of Mission Coffee in June 1 of 2015. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so we've, we've, we've got to coffee, um, and I want to talk about the coffee uh, before we talk about the, the shop and your own maybe experience with coffee. I can think about the, the very first time that I ever had a cup of coffee. I was 10 years old, and I was sitting on my grandma's uh, kitchen table, and we were playing hearts. And my cousin had a cup of coffee, and so I was like, I'll, I'll take one as well. And it was terrible, and I spit, and I spit it out. <laughs> but the first time that I enjoyed a cup of coffee was on the streets of Omaha. I was visiting there with a friend, and she stopped in at a coffee shop, and I said, coffee's terrible. And she's like, no, get, get one of these. Get a cappuccino. And I was like, well, okay, whatever. And it was delicious. And at that moment, it, it dawned on me the, the, the beauty that coffee can bring and that how unique everyone's own experiences with coffee. So I'm interested about your personal experience with, with, with coffee. My first experience was similar. It was at my grandmother's table too, <laughs> but we were playing Scrabble and had more cream and sugar in it than coffee. <laughs> it was more of a, yeah, it was definitely more cream and sugar than coffee. That's how I remember my first coffee. But um, really for me, I wish my roaster could be here. Uh, his name is Ben Hall. He's truly the science behind what we do. Mm -hmm. He's our roaster. He is, <laughs> I tease him all the time. God put him on the planet to roast coffee. He's <laughs> the epitome of the, I'm saying this live, true coffee geek. Ben, I'm sorry. <laughs> he, um, he loves what he does. He runs an extremely tight ship and I am so, so proud of him. He had, um, we have a really great quality product and um, it's a small batch roast every single time. Um, he, he just knows how to do it. I don't even know how to turn that roaster on, Ben. <laughs> I, I have no clue. Uh, for me, the coffee is the coffee house is the platform for the things that I'm passionate mm -hmm. about. And that's mm -hmm. community, collaboration, networking, all of those things are really what pulls my heartstrings. Um, so Mission Coffee, for me as the owner of yeah. the company, just really sets the stage for community. It's way more than just coffee. It's more house than coffee. For me, yes. Yeah. <laughs> more from Russ and Craig in a moment. Just a quick break to share some brief announcements. The spring term at Mid-State is now underway, but you can still catch the start of many classes. We have almost 150 classes that start after spring break and are only eight weeks long. With our midterm start courses, you can start something big and you can do it fast. You can see the full list of courses on our website at mstc.edu midterm. We also have a lot of great continuing education courses on the calendar. The courses are designed for both personal enrichment and professional development. Check out upcoming classes at mstc.edu slash continuing-education. One that I plan to attend is a class called Wine as Artifact. This is taught by downtown caravan wine shop owner Keith Bizak. For those of you that know Keith, you know he is an amazing storyteller. In this class, Keith plans to tell the 10,000-year-old history of wine through three different subjects, wine transportation, production methods, and consumption practices. And yes, there will be sampling involved. 
so I hope to see you there. Now, let's get back to the story of Mission Coffee with Russ and Craig. And you, you said, you know, June 1st, 2015, you opened the doors. And I did some history, looked up something, and there was a quote in the paper, and it said, you opened it with aspirations to help people beyond their morning cup of joe. And I think this is where we're going with your sense of community, those aspirations. Tell us about those aspirations. Um, well, other things have evolved since we opened our doors. I honestly, roasting coffee wasn't even in our vision at that time. Um, we started roasting about a year afterwards. Um, I have a, a bit of a funny little joke that I like to share. I think this is appropriate. I'm, most people are familiar with Star Wars, right? And you've all remember the robot names like C-3PO <laughs> and R2-D2 and now there's BB-8 and all these other new names now with the newer ones. How they name these robot names for the technology that they perform. And the name of my coffee roaster, the machine, is called 401k. <laughs> I literally, I literally took the last of my everything that I had and poured it into my business. I had, I really did. I had, not, I'm like, this was the last big. I'm like, okay, I left the big. I left the company. I left the cushy sales. I I left it and then I. I, I took what was left and, and I bought this machine and like, I'm not lying. I don't even know how to turn it on. So when I say I empower, equip and encourage others, I really did. I'm like, Ben, here's meet 401k. <laughs> He's yours. <laughs> and, uh, and Ben makes 401k make Portage County happy every morning. <laughs> so let's, I think, uh, you know, some of the, the people that listen to this podcast are entrepreneurs. So let's talk about some of those initial maybe first choices that you made as, a, as an entrepreneur and starting your own business. Why, why that location and why the name Mission Coffee House? Oh, man, I might get emotional. So just bear with me if I do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back as best I can. One of my mentors uh, is Ward Wolf. And Ward Wolf is no longer with us. And Ward knew the vision that I had. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't spoken to Ward in probably six or seven years. And he called me up. It was about Thanksgiving, right after Thanksgiving of 2014. And he called me up, didn't even say hello, Russ. He said, Russ, I found your coffee shop. And Ward understands realty. He understands vision. He understands business. He was a very unique, just, he was my mentor and I loved him. Excuse me. He, um, I, th he, I think it's okay. A lot of people yeah, felt that way about Ward. He called me and, uh, said, Russ, I found your shop. Um, it was listed for, I think it was like $115,000. And in my mind, I'm like, I, that's in my budget. I can, okay, let's take a look. Let's go look. While we were looking, the next day, 
the price was reduced to $70,000. And I'm like, Ward, what? I'm like, we didn't even make a bid yet. And he, he goes, well, I did some research. A foreclosure company owns this that's probably never even seen the building. The, the foreclosure company that owns it is over in the Twin Cities. And I think they just want this thing off the books before the end of the year. I'm like, well... Does, are you telling me we should just make a ridiculous bid and see if it sticks? And he's like, yeah. So we bid $50,000 on my commercial property and they took it. And we closed on my commercial property for $50,000. And yeah. So I can't sit here and say I did this all on my own. I can't. If I could have hours and hours, I could go on and on and on about how community and people and having a network and having true collaborative efforts help me and assist me and guide me through this journey. But Ward is the one who really, um, it started by him reaching out to me because he knew what I wanted to do and he knew uh, my heart and he knew where I was at and he just... Russ, I found it. And he was right. So the name. So the name, Mission Coffee Shop. Yeah. So when I first saw the name, for many years, there was a Mission Coffee Shop of some sort that was was downtown. It's now where Pab's Bike Shop is. Yeah, I found that out after. I thought I had this, like, super cool name. <laughs> um, <laughs> um and one of the one of the most commonly asked questions for about the first year was, "Are you part of what was downtown?" And I'm like, "No, no, I'm not." <laughs> um, I just really um, love the definition of the word mission, and I define that just by simply it's an assignment given an authority from a higher power. It almost has that military type take action, charge, command, definition to it. Very strong, bold name. And I just fell in love with it. And Well, you've, you've it. certainly taken ownership, ownership over the, over the Thank name. you. <laughs> um, and so let's maybe talk about some of those things about what maybe that mission means to you. I see that a dollar of every pound of coffee so, sold uh, gets donated to the local community. Can you tell us about that program? Sure. That really is our purpose. Mm. Uh, Mission Coffee exists to sustain missions in local communities. And I shared what that definition is to me and what it means for Mission Coffee. And we pour back into the community by really giving that, we call it a mission buck. We give, you buy a bag of coffee from me, Ben, I'm going to give you a mission Mm -hmm. buck. And then, Ben, you get to choose where that dollar goes. So we have all these great, what I call missions in our community that, all these assignments that our people are passionate about in our community. Um, there she is right there, my, my people. Um, we, that's what we do. That's why we exist. Who, who are you pointing at, Russ? We're audio only. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to my friend Sherry from the Humane Society. Yeah. 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 So there's just a lot of great organizations in our community that um, provide a great need mm. uh, and we just love that collaborative piece and being to come alongside of and share support and creating that platform for community to gather, chit chat, have a coffee, have a meal, 
talk, fulfill purpose. Yeah. All those things. It's a fantastic program. So, so you're, you're on the location at Post Road for a number of years Mm -hmm. and at some point you move. We did. So (laughs) we were outgrowing that spot. Mm -hmm. So our humble beginning there on Post Road, we actually had outgrown it for a while. And I remember, you know, owning your own property is great, but like the parking lot needs to be redone. There, there, I mean, there's expense, there's things like that. And I'm like, gosh, even if I spent the money to redo it, it's still not big enough. And I'm one of those people, I pray about everything and I'm like, God's done a lot of really cool things, but I've never seen him create more land. I'm like, I need a bigger place, you know? So I, I remember saying it out loud one day to one of my employees. I turned around, I'm like, I don't know how God's going to do this, but like he works through his people like Ward and I'm, I need a bigger parking lot. I don't know how it's going to work here, but I, I need more space. And then about a month later, this opportunity for artist and fair came up and we were exploring it and researching it. And I signed the contract and I was looking out the window while I was doing dishes at the old shop after all this had happened. And I'm like, you know, I felt in that moment, like my prayer was answered. It didn't look anything like I thought it would. I was thinking it was just going to be maybe pushed over a little bit more this way or, but we wound up relocating and I've got more parking spots than <laughs> you could ever count. Uh, we we have more room than I could ever have dreamed for. We just, so many things. And now we moved our roasting facility into the old shop, which now serves as our distribution center mm. and roastery and warehouse. And I was wondering what you, yeah. what you put in there. So that's where 401k is. <laughs> and then we, um, we now have our coffee house, what I call the coffee house experience at Artist and Fair now. Give us a little definition of, of Artist and Fair and what's going on over there. Sure. Um, Artist and Fair, it's a really cool development. Um, obviously, Oso's Brewery is there. Um, Anytime Fitness is in there. Um, Avant Hair Salon is in there. Division and Brawley. There's going to be construction starting very soon on the restaurant. I'll just call it the new restaurant. Okay. I'm I don't know eat. if it's still going to be called Mikey's or I'm not, ready to eat but there already. <laughs> something new is coming. And I know that because I see people going in and out of there. I see semis bringing new tables and chairs. And so something's happening there. So a lot of great things happening. In, in what other ways do you do develop community in that space? Because hmm. you, you said this is where we have the coffee experience. Sure. Coffee experience at the coffee house, at Mission Coffee is really... Um, just that safe place for people just to to gather where whether you're a grandmother meeting your grandson for coffee or you're meeting your best friend or you're just having a really bad day and you need to connect with somebody we we just provide that a, a safe community space for all of those things to happen there's one thing though that I, I'd like you to share with the listeners Tell us a little bit about Windows of Opportunity. Windows of Opportunity is a service that I created um, that's offered by Mission Coffee. Um, And it really, well, let me just, I'm going to start by saying, have you ever heard the expression, 
oh, that door is closed, or I guess that window is shut. Um, this service really opens, if you feel as though you've missed an opportunity, this service really recreates and opens up that window repeatedly for you if you miss it. Um, I'm a collaborator and I'm a networker and I love to empower, equip, and encourage other local business, especially small business. I just, that is my heart. And we, I kind of, sharing all that to say like the why, but the service really provides a window of opportunity for a business to be on site at Mission Coffee House where all the attention is focused on them. They're right before you walk into my shop. If you're walking in that artist and fair building, all the attention is on that business. It's their window of opportunity to shine. So they bring in their table. Um, you don't have one, we'll provide one. Um, bring business cards, marketing materials, promotional items. Um, and they are handing out free specialty drinks and coffee on them. By simply learning about all the amazing businesses that are in our community, you get it rewarded with a free specialty drink on them during that window of time. So it's not just a window of opportunity for that business to shine. It's a window of opportunity for the guests who come to Mission Coffee to learn about the other great businesses and startup businesses in Portage County and get a free drink on them by simply learning about businesses that they might not even even known existed. You know, we have businesses um, who are bankers, realtors, lawyers, um, skincare, pro I mean, all I've got almost 30 different businesses that participate in this service. And um, it has been fun to watch them grow. Um, one of them in particular, um, a local baker, Julie's Bakery, uh, she started doing windows of opportunity with me once a month and it grew into she needed to be there all day one day a week every other saturday um she is she's ill right now but we're eager to see her come back but uh, businesses just have that opportunity to shine and flourish and have that opportunity um to be engaged with the community and it's just a new way of getting out there for lack of a better term and and it works hello listener we'll get back to our interview with russ and craig in a moment i just wanted to take a second to share some exciting news about a new conference that mid-state has partnered with create portage county and the stevens point area public school district to offer the conference is titled dei applied and it will be held on the stevens point campus on april 28th and 29th dei applied is an in-person conference intended for participants to engage in actionable initiatives to drive systemic change in topics of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's all about creating actionable items to address systemic inequities. Sometimes these are structural in nature, that there's just something about the system that leads to an inequity. I was listening to a podcast and I recently learned that in many small communities across the Midwest, high school girls would play six-on-six six basketball instead of five-on-five five basketball. Its origins go back to when Naismith invented basketball, and many of the rules are the same, except you would have three attackers versus three defenders on just half of the court, and then you would capture the ball and throw it to your attackers on the other half. It's kind of like two simultaneous games of three-on-three three happening at the same time. 
Immediately after learning about this, I, I called my mother, who grew up in a rural, very small community in South Dakota. And I asked her, Mom, did you play six-on-six six basketball? And she said, no, we, we didn't have any girls' sports when I was in high school. And I said, how come? And she said, well, we only had one locker room, and that was the boys' locker room. And I th- think about that example when we talk about structural inequity. Sometimes they're very obvious. Sometimes it's like, we built the building with only one bathroom in it. But oftentimes they're more nuanced, and you really have to investigate what are the things that are leading to these inequities. And that's what this conference is all about. It's about learning more about our organizations, discovering things about our community to really drive some positive change. You can find out more about the conference on our website at mstc.edu slash dei-applied. And reach out to me personally if you have any questions. I hope you can come. Now, let's get back to the story of Mission Coffee House with Russ and Craig. So, Russ, you're a high-performing salesperson for Schwann's. You're a number one in Cintas Corporation. Was there something growing up in little Norway, Michigan, that... Did you have a mentor there, someone that, that got you into sales? Or was there something, you know, do you have the lemonade stand as a kid? or No, I, I had the paper. I was, um, I remember I was the number one paper boy for <laughs> there you something go. maybe way back in the day. No, I never even thought of that. I didn't know I wasn't going to say that, but it, I guess it goes way back. If I, I, uh, I remember when I, my first year at Cintas, you go to the, big annual sales dinner, you know, they have this great big thing where top performing reps get president's club and things like that. And I remember listening to the person that gave the speech, who that number one rep was. And I remember sitting in that chair going, I really, really want to be up there someday. And about eight years later, I was. So, yeah, I, I, back in, I guess I'd really have to really give it to my dad, as far as I've always been a saver, um, he always told me, if you get a bill, just pay for it, live within your means, just simple, good old fashioned dad talk to his son. And I, <laughs> I embraced it at a young age. <laughs> so at, at a certain point, there becomes uh, an additional mission location. Can you talk about a little bit about the expansion and maybe the first additional shops and and that process? Sure. Um, The first one was in Westfield, Wisconsin. We had um, a couple come to us uh, that they owned an existing business, a whole food store called the Amish Market down Mm -hmm. in Westfield. And they wanted to um, find another additional source of revenue for their store. And they wanted to do coffee and they didn't know anything about it. And I don't know. I still don't know how they heard of us or how they wound up coming to us, but they did. And I discussed it with Ben, my roaster, and we're like, let's give this a try. They wanted to use our brand when we just started like, well, what do we have to lose? It's their invest, you know, yeah, let's, let's try this. And Mission Coffee in Westfield became up and running and they, they do a they sell quite a bit of coffee down there. They do really well down there. And 
if I can just keep going down the line here. Give us a couple more, yeah. Yeah, um, Mid-State Technical College in Rapids was the next one to reach out to us. Chris Severson reached out to me and invited me on. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I, I, I'm saying yes, but I'm like, oh, it can't be me. I can't, you know, I'm not <laughs> going to do it. But my friend Jen Oswald, uh, who Craig knows really well too, um, had expressed interest. Her and her husband both said, hey, if there's ever any opportunity down the road, we we would love to have a conversation. So I reached out to Jen and I'm not kidding, in three weeks, we put that all together and had it up and running. It was crazy, but we did it. Yeah, and so this is a uh, is a full-service coffee shop that is on Mid-State Technical College's Wisconsin Rapids campus. Yep. I frequent there. I love Jen. She's awesome. <laughs> she does a really nice job. She, for lack of a better term, she reminds me a lot of Tara Cole here at, uh, in Stevens Point downtown. And now at your site here in Stevens Point where she really dotes on the faculty and the students and just provides a world-class service. I totally agree. Yeah. So that now that brings us to our to our other guest, uh, Craig Schuler here, and Craig's one of the owners of Mission Coffee Stevens Point, the newest Mission Coffee to open up. But tell us a little bit about your maybe just history before getting into coffee, Craig. Sure. So, um, so um, Craig Schuler, my wife and I moved to Stevens Point coming up in twenty two years ago. Um, that was shortly after we opened DigiCopy. <laughs> so um, uh, opened started DigiCopy when I was 37 years old. Had a 15 year career at Kinko's. You have to be old to know what Kinko's is, but if you if you are old enough to remember, you know it was different. <laughs> Kinko's was a different thing, and um, um, it was an unbelievable place to work. Talk about training and development. They spent a lot of money on executive training and development. What happened at Kinko's? Just in case anyone doesn't isn't familiar with so Kinko's. so Kinko's was. Um, um, the copy version of any commercial printer. Yeah. But everything we had was copiers and eventually it became digital and things like that. And so Kinko's was founded the same year as Quad Graphics down in Sussex. And 20 years into it, they were exactly the same size. And, and Quad Graphics was the largest commercial printer in the world at that point. Um, so when Kinko's, the original investors, left Kinko's 35, 25 years ago, I mean, Kinko's had grown to be a $2 billion company, a nickel at a time. That's a lot of nickels. <laughs> so, so it was a great, great opportunity. Yeah. yeah. So you moved up here for, for DigiCopy. You decided to just found DigiCopy, <laughs> and you picked Plover. Well, so we picked Stevens Point. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, the original investors left Kinko's, uh, and um, it was a, a sad, sad thing to see them leave. And you, and you could sell it. It was dying yeah and so <clears throat> i just decided i wasn't going to wait around for the funeral i spent 12 years building their brand i wasn't going to spend the next three years watching them tear it apart so just decided to leave kinko's and really didn't have an idea that i'd do digicopy but when i left i, I kind of came to realize i still really loved what i did i just didn't want to do it for the new owners at kinko's anymore so um, got together some folks that i knew would had made some money in their lives at you know personal friends and and we put together DigiCopy um, in literally about a, a ninety day window um, from 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 beginning to opening two stores in less than ninety days. Wow, wow! Yeah. Just for our listeners who maybe don't know, what kind of services does DigiCopy provide? So Di DigiCopy is an entirely digital printing 
service. So we've got seven locations throughout the state. We've got about 320 networked online customers throughout the state. And uh, um, we've been blessed. It's, it's gone very well. So, yep. So we like to we like to think so Mid State's one of our large customers. <laughs> uh, we we run Mid State's uh, campus printing facilities. Um, about f- five years ago, in fact, it's coming up for contract renewal. Um, they made the decision they didn't want to have a print shop anymore. They reached out to us, and we put together a, a digital solution that allowed them to run efficiently without actually having a physical print shop there. I push a button, my my paper comes in a, in a day or two. Yeah, that, and that's the idea. So typically, even in a, so, we've got probably thirty five organizations across the state that used to have their own print shops that we now run um, with online solutions. And typically, we we beat cost, quality, and and turnaround time, even though we're not on site. Mm-hmm. So. So, Craig, you and I go back a little ways. Um, <laughs> you used to do printing for my five locations, and so. I'm sitting in my office at the Portage County Business Council, and someone says, Craig's opening a coffee shop. <laughs> and I'm like, hold on, Craig Schuler, yeah. did you copy? Yeah. He's opening a coffee shop. Yeah. So how did this, you and Russ, get together on this? So um, my landlord, I, I, my office downtown, I have an office downtown. I don't office out of any of my stores because none of my managers want me working in their store every day. <laughs> That's why they're managing the stores. Um, so I have an office downtown, and my landlord also owns the building next door that our current Mission Coffee is in. And so Mike Beacom and I have become friends, and he just Mike, Mike Beacom's the other owner, the other owner, owner, and yep. he owns two or three other buildings downtown. And he kept saying, "You know what? This coffee shop isn't doing well. We should buy it." I'm like, "Are you crazy?" I mean, I I, I spent 22 years building a brand, and I'm almost 60. The last thing I want to do is build another brand. I mean, I'm happy with what I did, but. So, but he's just kind of persistent, and I finally said, "I've gotten, I'd gotten to know Russ. We run in similar paths in town. I'm involved with a lot of nonprofits in town. I first met Russ because some of the nonprofits I was involved with started doing our meetings at Mission, so Transact Hope and other organizations in town. We'd meet there. It's way out of the way from my house, but we would meet there consistently, and, and I just got to know Russ through that. Jen Oswald is a mutual friend." And so I finally said, you know, and I just half said it just to get Mike to shut up. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> I say, let me talk to Russ. And if Russ lets us extend his brand, then I'll think about it. So Russ and his wife and Jen and her husband and my wife, we, had, we got dinner, I think, just a little before Thanksgiving last year. And we sat down. And I kind of pitched it to Russ, but I was kind of sure that if we could model it similar to how his relationship with Jen was – that it would potentially work, and he confirmed that he'd be willing to do the same thing. And so I went back to Mike, and I said, okay, I will do it if if we can do it as part of mission. Otherwise, I'm not interested. So that's that's how it happened. So so and and so you opened a shop, and the first one is here here downtown. And when did that open again? We opened in July of um, last year. Twenty twenty two. Middle of July of last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you know so. I'm not, I don't want to, the, the shop had gone downhill over the years. So that's been there forever. It was Supreme Bean, very well run. It was, um, uh, what's, what did what Wendy and John call it? They called coffee it studio. Coffee Studio, very well run. I probably had every business meeting I had for 19 years. My office has been downtown. I had most of my business meetings there for 19 years. And I stopped because it just wasn't a good environment anymore to have a business meeting in. And so, um, you know, it, it so it's been kind of reestablishing 
the you know the downtown presence and all that. And so what I love about hanging the Mission Coffee brand up is we didn't have to say under new management or whatever. <laughs> it just it's obvious it's different because we got a big Mission sign right in front of our or right in front of our store. So yep. So we uh, <clears throat> we we carry on this story um, to a, a couple months ago. You stop in in my office. <laughs> And we start to talk about bringing coffee here. And I, I swear, I tried to talk you out of it, I think. Well. <laughs> I went, but I, I went and I, and I started to tell you all the reasons. I'm not like, I'm like, you've got a coffee shop 150 steps away from here. But then I started to realize something. Um, you know, my office faces the parking lot and I see my students drive up. They park their cars. They come to campus. And they're usually walking in with a cup of coffee in their hand, probably. And and then they get back in their cars and and they leave. And I'm like, this is is a a real need and a real service that we can provide to our students. And and so then we we started to have a conversation. Well, I mean, we had – so I got to give you credit. We we had a lot of discussions before we decided to do it. So we looked at your schedule. And so we looked at the mid-state schedule and said, hey, we're not going to be here five days a week. We're going to be here four days a week because there aren't a lot of classes on Fridays. And we looked at when the rushes were. And so we said, hey, there's a, there's a large group here early in the morning and there's a large group here around the lunch hour. So we kind of modeled it off of what fit the campus the best. So and so I've got to give you credit for that. You got a lot of, <laughs> you're a pretty smart guy. So anyway, so. Uh, this isn't a podcast about me. Well. So, anyway. so now if you come to the Mid-State Technical College Stevens Point campus, you walk in the main door, you go to the left and you'll find uh, a, a Full service coffee shop. My favorite is to to get a chai <laughs> most every day. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I have one in my hand right there. Now. You go. <laughs> I made sure that. Uh, so we brought out at, at Digicop. You brought a lot of new customers over the years. You never know. You talk about establishing trust. You never really know. You have to ask that question to figure out what the hot button is. And I remember when Rip and College closed their print shop. We were meeting with them and we were getting ready to go. And we were told, okay, the only thing you can ever do here is don't ever mess up the football program. <laughs> It's a college, right? And, and, and so for, for Ripping College, the football program is how they, they draw their alumni back into town, not just homecoming, sometime during the year. And they want to make sure that the football programs are there so it makes it a good experience for the alum, right? So I knew early on that chai was a big thing for you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway, but that's just listening to what your customers say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I think you have to have a servant's heart. I believe mm-hmm. that. And so Tara's a good example. I've been saying to Tara about that. Tara's the, the manager here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Tara Cole's our manager. We're very happy to have her. And she has a servant's heart. Jen has a servant's heart. Russ has a servant's heart. And, you know, without that servant's heart, it's hard to serve. Mm-hmm. So you can't, it's a hard thing to fake. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll ask you each what's, what's next for Mission Coffee. Go ahead, Craig. We'll start with you. Well, so Russ has got stuff going on all over the state, so it's a really good question for him. But, um, you know, Mike and I have grandeur thoughts of that we would potentially do another location or two or maybe more. Um, we kind of see the Highway 10 corridor as being a, a natural. Um, I think it's a model that works in smaller towns, um, you know, um, you know, it's it. You know, there's a there's a limit to how small of a town a Starbucks can go into, but I think we can do well in smaller markets. So, uh, who knows what what you know where it goes? But I think there's a lot of potential. Yeah. So we, I mean, we have a lot of coffee shops that that open up. In in your opinion, what do you think differentiates Mission Coffee from from all the others? 
I'm comfortable saying it's our purpose. Hmm. Um, we, uh, there's a couple of things that I really, when we have a passion for a great quality product and then a passion for serving our, our community, when that passion and purpose come into an alignment, hmm. that's really what mission is. It really great things happen when those two things come into an alignment. Yeah. So what's next for, for you? I, I think there's one more thing. He's humble. His coffee's good. <laughs> I mean, it, his coffee's good. I mean, it's good coffee. Um, and that matters too. You sure. Know? Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 the coffee and the brand really support each other. Yeah. The next biggest thing that we have coming up is um, probably the biggest award that I've ever received in my entire professional life. Um, the U.S. Open has awarded us the business to be the exclusive coffee provider for the USA Open um, right here in Portage County. Um, I my, my knee buckled out from underneath me when... Wait, I, so you're saying that that's a bigger award than the 2021 Portage County Business Council Small <laughs> Business of the Year? You're stabbing me here. <laughs> Ouch. Because <laughs> that was a pretty big deal. The biggest me. one in 2022. Very good. 23. <laughs> Ross, Ross. <laughs> no, I actually... Those the awards. Um, I was fortunate. I was the entrepreneur of the year a couple years later. Uh, small business of the year, and now this coming up. I really. Portage County is a very giving community. We, and I really have based a significant portion of my business around that giving model, and I got a really make a plug here at some other plug. My, my wife does so much behind the scenes. My, we, my, my roasters family, he, he has a young family. Uh, the majority of my immediate team at my location have been with me almost since the beginning or even before the beginning. We just really, we're a family. We, we really are a family. And I really believe that, um, these awards that we've been very fortunate to be the recipient of our because of just following what our community does. We're givers. We 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 have that givers gain mentality. We it's just amazing. Um, I remember being at the Taste of the Town, earning the business for the Muse at Century. That's where it started our relationship there. And then shortly after we did a proprietary blend for PJs and then the banquet coffee, we do all the banquet coffee and then they built the inn. We are the exclusive coffee provider for the inn. And then all this buzz about the U S open coming. Um, my contact at PJs said, Hey, you're going to be getting an email from this Mike, this Mike guy. And I'm like, okay, he didn't say what it was, where he was from. And I'm like, the PGA? What? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really didn't even know what I was walking into. And that's when my, it's embarrassing when your knees buckle up from underneath you Literally. in public. <laughs> Literally. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you shared that with me shortly after you got the call. Yeah. I mean, here's the USGA Senior Open being hosted at Century World here in Portage County. And you are the coffee supplier for this. I mean, this isn't like a thousand people are showing up. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is, this is some serious, serious exposure mm -hmm. for a organization and a company that, you know, 
you've created. We're very, very, um, very grateful and humbled and proud all at the same time. Thank you for listening to Profile Central Wisconsin. Special thanks to Russ, Craig, and Michael for joining me in this conversation. Profile is a production of Mid-State Technical College out of the Stevens Point campus. If you ever get the urge to venture off into the unknown, like Russ or Craig, and start your own business, check out Mid-State's Entrepreneurship Technical Diploma. You can get the training you need to develop and successfully implement your business idea before making that leap. Starting your own business comes with risks, but when you succeed as an entrepreneur like Russ and Craig, the risks are outweighed by the rewards of being in the driver's seat of your own destiny. Learn more at mstc.edu programs. To learn more about the Portage County Business Council and everything they're doing to connect and grow our business community, visit portagecountybiz.com. That's biz with a Z. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume your audio media. You can also just ask your smart device to play the Profile Central Wisconsin podcast to hear the latest episode. Our podcast page, mstc.edu slash podcast, has all the latest information and all the ways to listen. You can join us at our next live recording on March 7th at 5.30 p.m. at Mid-State Technical College's Community Engagement Room. It's the mission of Mid-State Technical College to transform lives through the power of teaching and learning. Help us work toward that goal by sharing this story. Thanks for listening. And that's it. And that's it. We're done. Awesome. The questions weren't too hard, was it? No. No, No, we're good. Congratulations. Any questions for the audience? From the audience? (laughs)